So Josephine, if someone was struggling with combi, have you got any advice for them? So I think what I'd say is most people do not set out to be, you know, like a a rubbish manager who doesn't do the performance management or, you know, unhealthy or whatever it is, the other thing that you're trying to, to sort of, you know, get people to change their behavior on, but other stuff gets in the way. So I think Combi is that framework for finding out what that stuff is that's getting in the way for people. If you can just start off by understanding the audience and then use that framework, then you can start to put everything else into place following that and just find out what's getting in the way. Welcome to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Dale, with over 20 years experience delivering behaviour change marketing across NHS, public health, local government, central government. I work directly on some of the biggest campaigns such as Change for Life, as well as working on much more focused campaigns with some of our most vulnerable members of our communities. I know how hard it is to take the theory and the science and apply it frontline whilst delivering under such pressure with such huge expectations. This podcast is dedicated to unpacking the wonderful world of behavioral science, the wonderful world of social marketing and design thinking, and any other clever stuff that helps us communicate change, influence behavior, and ultimately increase our impact. Sound good? Let's dive in. Hello, and today we would like to welcome to the studio Josephine Graham. Josephine Graham came on one of our bootcamp training days and has had some brilliant success with applying the theories actually in the day job. So she came to the learning and then had a go back at the ranch and... We're just going to talk to her today about how easy it was, how difficult it was, you know, a real, real raw look at the reality of applying behavioural science in the workplace to improve our comms and improve our engagement. So welcome, huge welcome to you, Josephine. Thank you for coming. Thank you for asking me. Hello, Ruth. Hi. So Josephine, just to get started, could you please tell us one fact that you think no one knows about you? Well, in my true fashion of overthinking everything, I have completely agonised about what to say here. Because, <laughs> you know, if there was something that I really nobody knew about me, then I would probably want it to stay that way. Oh, yes. But, um... Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I've decided to go for something that some people do know about me, but it's probably like one of the more quirky things about me, which is that I used to be a trapeze artist. <gasps> that is incredible. <laughs> so wow. this was like alongside the day job. It wasn't like my main job. I did have a office job doing marketing and comms at the time. But yes, I did used to be a trapeze artist. And so as we're recording this, we're just coming up to Glastonbury Festival weekend. And yes, I did once perform a silks routine at Glastonbury Festival. So wow. <laughs> in terms of fame, that was probably my pinnacle. That is incredible. Oh my goodness. What sort of routine is it you had? You called it something there? Well, that was silks. So I used to do trapeze, silks and rope. So what's silks? Uh, You know, like you get those flowy, wafty sort of bits of fabric and people wind themselves up in them and do sort of poses. I wasn't Cirque du Soleil though. I mean, don't, you know, don't over imagine it. (laughs) Oh my God, that is incredible. Quite small time. Wow. I used to really enjoy it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, being at that festival with all the energy and the bands. Did you meet any people? Were you a celeb behind the scenes? No, no, no. So actually I did, this is how long ago it was, I did actually meet John Peel. 
because oh. he was walking through our field. Oh. And so, yeah, so the guy that I was just like hanging around with this one of the other performers sort of ran up to him and said, can you come and watch our show? And John was like, yeah, I'm going to be busy later. So <laughs> I didn't, didn't bother coming to watch our show, but it was really oh. fun. But I didn't get to see much because our show was in, in the evening. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know. How do we carry on from that? That is so cool. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I missed it. I missed it. I don't do it anymore. Yeah. It was fun though. Wow. Okay. Oh, I wish you did. Imagine that. We could have that as a workshop at a conference, next conference. (laughs) (laughs) How to de-stress and rewind. Oh, well, thank you for coming on, Josephine, because it was brilliant. You came on, it was last year now, wasn't it? To one of the boot camps. Yeah, last spring. And that was a great one. I remember that one being really high energy. It was a fantastic session. And you know, we do go really, they're called boot camp because it's just a day of headspace where we can just deep dive into lots of theories and frameworks to kickstart the application. But it actually, until you use it, you're not really sure, you know, which bits will trip you up or what, which actually loads easier than you thought they might be. So when you were shortlisted for an award for your, for your work, I just thought, well, Please share what you did, why you did it. So I'm going to hand over to you now to just share what you did and, you know, what was hard, what was easy and any tips for anyone going forward. So take it away. Cool. Okay. So, yeah, I did the uh, workshop with you and it was one of the online workshops. So I was sat in this very room. So, yes, uh, people listening won't be able to see how untidy this room is behind me with my, (laughs) you know, all my mess behind me anyway. So I was in this very room sitting on this very computer and yes, I mean, the, there was so much information in that session, all the history of behavior change and everything, but there was a lot of practical application as well. So I remember when we came to a section in the afternoon, so he was like, so, so, so get your piece of paper, everybody, and uh, choose something that you're working on at the moment. And we're going to do a bit of a combi exercise. And so at the time, one of the challenges I had at work was performance management. So you know, performance management is when the manager sits down with their staff, has a conversation about what's coming up for the next year, sets objectives, and uh, everyone should hopefully know what that is unless they've got the sort of manager who doesn't prioritize that. So in my organization, it's big, quite a big organization, sort of, you know, over sort of 5,000, 6,000 employees of the, what you might call the online employees, and then a, a few, uh, like two or 3,000 offline okay. employees as well. Yeah. So quite a big organization. Without wanting to sort of sound too negative, the sort of completions and compliance of the performance management system was pretty low. And, you know, there was pockets where it was happening, but lots and lots of places where it just wasn't happening okay. at all. People weren't using the systems. And and I already knew there was quite a lot of issues around that and why that was happening. But, you know, sort of the question is, what do we do about it? Anyway, so I thought, okay, well, that would be a really good thing to think about for this combi example. So, I started off thinking about the audience and fortunately for me, perhaps, I did actually have a manager who wasn't particularly great at doing performance management himself. So I could really visualize the persona, if you like, <laughs> that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this, this combi example. So I had my combi, you know, A4 sheet of paper, capabilities, motivation, opportunity. And I just sat there in the workshop and just brainstormed all that stuff what were the capabilities that people were maybe missing out on? 
And that might have been perhaps they didn't know how to use the system. So we had a system that people were supposed to log the performance reviews on. Motivation, perhaps they didn't actually value the conversation. Perhaps they didn't think it was important. You know, I don't need to do performance management with my staff because they're, they, they're just doing the work. It's fine. So technical skills, opportunity, perhaps they didn't have time. I would do it, but I'm too busy. So I, I kind of brainstormed all that stuff. And then through that, and so I, and I did that in the session and that was really useful. But then I went away and thought, and in fact, and it was in the session because we were talking in the group then. And then through, it was actually through the conversation, I'm just remembering now, through the conversation with other people, it actually dawned on me that we had two different groups here. We had, firstly, people who did not value the process. Okay. And they weren't doing performance management at yeah, all. Yeah. Or they didn't value it or they didn't prioritize it. I think that, and then yeah, secondly, that sounds familiar. <laughs> mm, go on, go on. And then secondly, people who were doing it, but they weren't logging it. So they oh. weren't using the system for whatever reason, whether they didn't have time, whether they found it too complicated, whether they just thought it was a rubbish system. So there was, there was two different groups there. So then I went away and I applied it in the office and I decided that we needed a two-pronged approach. This, this is when I started to bring in the other bits of behavior change that sort of you follow on from the combi. So things like timeliness. So when will people be making these decisions about whether to, to sort of conduct a performance management interview or whether to log it on the system? So I thought about the time. We had a performance management window that was three months. So it was like, well, okay, so we need to be getting people thinking about booking those meetings with their teams around about this time. And if they've had that conversation, then we need to get them thinking about logging it on the system around about this time. So I made sure that the messages were going out in a timely way. And then I constructed these email messages. So, you know, I had a lot of other things on at the same time. So I wasn't able to do like, you know, a really big, complicated campaign. It was literally two emails that went out to the manager's, you know, address list. Yeah. Then I used all the other aspects of behavior change. So I had, I literally, I was, I did not know a lot about it. So I had like a crib sheet, like an East crib sheet, easy, attractive, social, timely. And I was like looking through it like, okay, so what can I get from this? What's going to be useful here? And I found, you know, I found one about, you know, making a contract with yourself. So one of the phrases that I put in was like, oh, you know, why not just book the meetings in your calendar? Because, you know, when people have made that first step, then they're more likely to follow yeah, up. exactly. And then trying to make it easy. So in the, in the second email that went out, you know, around so people using the system, it was like, oh, here's lots of guidance about how you can work out how to use this system if you're not very good at it. Because I feel like I've really rambled on there. <laughs> no, honestly. So, no. But I'd just like to pick up on what you just said about only two emails because it's definitely mm. not just been only two emails you did what was needed because what were your results how what was the difference well, so I cannot take the total credit for this because there were some other interventions that went on at the same time so I know that the manager that I was working with was doing a few other things in the background as well to increase engagement but essentially the previous year the number of completions on the system had been 27 percent of managers and the year that I did this campaign, it went up to 51% of managers. So this was an 89% increase. Wow. Oh my God, Josephine, that is incredible. 89% increase in actual behaviours. So that's not opening the emails, that's actually delivery of the performance review. Yes, that is the outcome, the impact. So you had, and it's just wonderful. So if 
two emails was supporting, you know, wider work. That's absolutely fantastic. With content, it's definitely not about the most content that wins. It's the quality of the content. And it sounds like yeah, through using the frameworks, you actually developed almost a customer journey, a thinking thought process. And then that framed your call to actions at the appropriate times. Yeah, exactly. You just said that so much better than I did. <laughs> no, well, you, you must be like a behaviour change expert or something. <laughs> well, it's just so perfect. I'm sitting there listening. Oh, it's perfect because that's exactly what the frameworks are there to do. And yeah. the fact that everyone, we all feel like that when we're using the frameworks. And I especially when I'm using East. And if you haven't got any kind of any really core customer research, you know, that's already identified your behavioural biases, then you you are looking at kind of using it as a prompt tool to for ideas and, you know, to apply some of the empathy that you've developed throughout. So, I mean, that's fantastic because you changed behaviour. You actually increased people doing it. And, and hopefully the whole point is for, to help people in their jobs, help them advance careers, help them f- get that feeling of recognition that people so need, especially, you know, when the people are working so hard. So actually then you've got these this ripple effect of knowing that you've really helped advance the culture of the organisation and really impacted on people's lives as well, because we all do need to feel that recognition from our managers. So if it's not being done, it, it is a worry. And it's there for a reason, isn't it? The whole process. So it's amazing. I think congratulations to you, Josephine. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, and it was really satisfying to do something properly and do something that made a difference because you know what it's like when you're on that hamster wheel of just churning stuff out and to actually be able to take the time to step back and think through, like you say, the the journey that people were going on and, you know, what their blockers actually were because, you know, people don't sort of set out thinking, oh, you know, I'm not going to sort of bother with performance management. It's just a waste of time. There's reasons that people are doing it that perhaps they've not really you know, they're maybe not even aware of themselves. So just trying to unpick some of that stuff and tease it out. And then it's so useful, isn't it? Because when you're in internal comms, you can feed that into your strategy. You can reuse it again next year. You've almost got a winning formula to set you up for a couple of years, which then it gives more breathing space. So the upfront investment, I mean, how much time would you say you gave it? Not loads. I mean, obviously I was, the day that I was on the course and then you know, the time that I spent to write the emails. So they were kind of like, they were all chunked up, you know, yeah. it was like a section about this and a section about that. So there was there was quite a lot of words there. And, you know, I, I'm remembering how much time, like, yeah. you know, a couple of days probably, but not sort of weeks and months or anything. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I think sometimes with the behavioural stuff, people think it's for the big budget campaigns that, you know, it's the Keynes Lions Festival at the moment, isn't it? And it's all for those, you know, that kind of level or the big vaccine campaigns that they'll soon be coming. And yes, it is. It's definitely for them. But it is also for internal comms. And it is also something you can use really easily. And once you've learned it, it's free, isn't it? After the initial investment. And it's like anything, you know, would you use it again? Because it's about practice, isn't it? Harnessing this, honing in on the skills and developing the skills. Would I use it again? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I've changed role since then, as it happens. I'm hoping to use it in my new role. I haven't done yet because just not quite at that stage of the project, just been sort of 
getting to know the themes of the the new piece of work that I'm doing and yeah. doing some kind of projecty bits of comms that you always get dragged into doing. But yeah, I'm really, really hoping to be able to put this to, into practice again. I think the more you use it, the more comfortable that you get yeah. using it. But it really is, it is quite simple. It's, you know, it's that, that combi is such a brilliant framework to just, you know, to get you started. And then there's, there's so much information out there. I think behavior change can feel a little bit overwhelming. I think you said yourself, there's something like 200 different biases. Yeah, well over, and it, yeah. Yeah. But just don't try and do everything all at once. I think it's just like, you know, just start small. And even if you just do a couple of little things that, and I think sometimes people will be like, oh, I've been doing this for years. I just didn't know it was called behavior change. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I think naturally you, you, t- you do tend to to sort of, you know, you, you, even just it's just you've seen advertising that maybe you didn't know was done from a behavior change perspective, but it was, you know, things like framing things positively or, yeah, you know, that loss aversion and things, you know, like, oh, don't miss out on so and so. I mean, you see it all the time and people are probably using it without actually realizing that they're doing it. And it's just using that a little bit extra intelligence to understand what impact that's going to have. And also to avoid the pitfalls of kind of, you know, positively reinforcing negative behaviors and all those kind of bits and pieces that you learn when you actually look into it in a bit more detail. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Start small, get confident, you know, practice things. And if you are generating a lot of content, if you are writing a lot of emails, then just getting some of the copy that you naturally already use, but learning a little bit more about the science actually shows that perhaps you can use it a bit better. I think social norms, we use it all the time, social proof, but we underplay it. We don't use it enough at all. And rest, I can never say this word, reciprocity. <laughs> oh, it's a dream, isn't it? It's like, so it's so important. It's such a powerful action motivator. But I think the ask to, oh, for things to go viral or to share things, I want it to be shareable, has really ruined it a bit. Mm. When actually, when you go back to basics, you realise that it's part of our human condition. It's our culture. If you give something to me, I want to give something back to you. And there's this really famous clip on the American office where they're trying to always repay each other's favours and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it already always reminds me of that. And I just think, yeah, if you can just perhaps hone in on a couple of the biases that really drive copywriting almost, like you say, loss aversion and scarcity, you know, it's just such a solid foundation. So, yeah, no, I'm so delighted for you, Josephine. And thank you so much for coming on. Good luck with the new job. Thank you. And before we finish, we always ask everyone, would you please recommend one book that changed your life? So please, could you recommend one book that changed your life? Well, once again, I have been sort of pondering over this question because you did give me a tip that you were going to ask it. And I think the thing is, like, it's quite a big ask to say, did a book change your life? I mean, you know, how what are we talking here? Ah. I have read lots of books that I've really enjoyed that I've, you know, and I used, I used to read a lot more when I was younger. So yeah, I don't read so much these days. It's difficult, isn't it? When you've got like, you know, busy job and yeah. kids and stuff and like I spend more time reading kids books. Yes. Sometimes. So I'm actually not going to go for a book that I've read. Ooh. I'm going to go for a book that I was given to write in. So when I got to the end of last year, I was trying to think, you know, like when people do the summer, it's like, oh, I had such a great year and I did this, that and the other. And I was like, I literally cannot remember a single thing that I've done this year. Like, what have I done this year? I, I, I don't know. 
what have I done this year? I couldn't remember. <laughs> oh a thing, God, it's every parent. It awful. <laughs> yeah, dilemma, isn't it? Can't remember last week. <laughs> and I'm also really forgetful. So I'm always like forgetting birthdays and things like that. So my mum gave me a diary oh. and she said, right, this is your diary and you can write down the things that you're doing in the future and you can write down the things that you've done. And I've struggled with journals in the past because I just don't stick to them. And so anyway, because I was given this, and it does actually link to behavior change, but because I was given this book, I kind of had the the opportunity yeah, and also the motivation because my mum gave it to me and I kind of felt, well, I have to do it because my mum's given it to me. Yeah. And so I can, I can say with all honesty on in June, 2023, I have carried on writing in that, in that book, memories of things that I've been doing and also using it to fall plan, but particularly the memories. And that is just oh. so important to me. And so it has changed my life because it's made me actually write in a book for like more than the first three weeks of January. So there you go. And if you're going to recommend, if you ever going to say recommend the book, you'll say, yes, I would recommend to anybody. And I know lots and lots of people do do journaling and they're brilliant at it. But if you don't already do journaling, yeah, find a way to do it. Because I think, you know, people talk about gratitude journals and it can feel a bit kind of like, oh gosh, what am I so grateful for today? But just pare it back down. What did I do today? You know, oh, we went to the park. We walked three miles. We did this. We did that. We did the other. I saw so-and-so. And at least just writing it down. Yeah. It just, it's just the first start towards, um, you know, all those things that we're supposed to do, like reflect and... Yeah, live in the moment. Live, live in today. <laughs> and if you have had a bad day, you can scribble it all down, exactly. <laughs> and, can, and then it's gone. But yeah, no, we. I used to do bullet journaling. Okay, used yeah, to, that's lovely. yeah, like you say, because it was actually it felt easier for me. I wasn't having to write at the end of an of the day when you know when you're in comms and marketing, you perhaps spend all day writing sometimes. And mm. So I was like, yeah, I loved it, just bullets. And sometimes, even if I was organised enough, you just got to tick boxes. Did you do mm-hmm. this today? <laughs> I was like, mm. oh yeah, I can tick a box at least. So yeah, that's a wonderful idea. Thank you, Josephine. Um, yeah, definitely, what a wonderful recommendation for all our listeners. Be much more mindful, live in the moment and have some happy memories to look back on. Wonderful. Oh, thank you, Josephine. It's been a real pleasure having you on. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. Likewise, it's been a really good chat. Thank you so much for listening. We're so delighted you joined us. And if you've got any value out of this at all, or even if you just simply had a little chuckle, please do share it with anyone you think it may benefit. And please, if you do leave a review, oh my gosh, we would be forever in your debt. The algorithms on podcasts are pretty tough and reviews do make all the difference. So please do head over onto your platform and leave us one. And also, if you need to know anything about our latest training or you just want to get in touch, head over to our website, which is www.socialinsightmarketing.co.uk forward slash bootcamp.